Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what we're doing, uh, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and feel free to contribute. Thank you so much. Um, we have several stories we want to talk about. So we're just going to start with a yeah. bunch of them. Let's jump in. Yeah. Let me start off with this one. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, September 8th, mm-hmm. and Hurricane Irma is about to hit. Yep. And we're still dealing with the repercussions of Hurricane Harvey in Houston. And, and there was an earthquake in Mexico City this morning. The whole world's yeah, the going world to hell. And fire. half the country's on fire, too. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so uh, there was a con- there's a Kentucky Pays newspaper called the Glasgow Daily Times. And there was a letter to the editor that oh, was no. published in it this week. Um, random guy. Uh, but here's the thing he was saying. He's saying there's so many relief organizations helping out in Houston um, yes, you have the American Red Cross, but you also have Catholic Charities, the Salvation Army, which is a Christian group. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of church groups that are doing things. I mean, lots of Christian groups are doing a lot of good things. Joel Osteen has an asterisk, but they're <laughs> helping mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But here's the question he asked at the end of this letter. Where are the atheist relief groups? Where are their fleet of trucks loaded with supplies? Where are their crews that help dry out and clean up? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not known to the writer, speaking of himself. Mm-hmm. And how many hospitals and orphanages were founded by atheists? And oh, he goes cool on guy. on this. No, basically, no, no, no. this is really appropriate. Thank <laughs> basically you. saying we're not doing, atheists are not doing anything mm-hmm. in relief. Because oh, he doesn't know of any. I actually, people don't know this. I've just been like throwing more water at oh, Houston see, you're from not here. helping. Well, listen, <laughs> I do what I got to do. Wait, did, it, I'm sorry, did you say yeah. this is an op-ed or like a letter to the letter editor? Letter to the editor. The of paper course published he referred, it. To, referred to himself as the writer. <laughs> what yes. a snob. So uh, here's what this reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, if you go back about four years, this is when the Oklahoma tornadoes had happened, did mm-hmm. a lot of damage. I think a lot of atheists know it because Rebecca Witzman yes. was interviewed on CNN by Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. He's like, how is your family going to get through this? You know, who are you praying to? Something like that. Yeah. She said, actually, I'm an atheist. Right. Interesting. Um, At the same time, Time Magazine ran a cover story about, the title was How Service Can Save Us. And it was talking about all the service groups helping out in Mm -hmm. the wake um, of those tornadoes. And here's what Joe Klein, the reporter, wrote in this article. Uh, Paraphrase, um, blah, blah, blah. There was an occupying army of relief workers led by local first responders, exhausted but still humping it a week after the storm. His words. Church groups, whatever. We'll skip that. It's another conversation. Church groups from all over the country, dash. Funny how you don't see organized groups of secular humanists giving out hot meals, dash. And they're in the middle of it all, blah, 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 is this other group. It's like, as an aside, he just felt the need to say, I don't see any atheists over here. And the funny thing, well, it's not funny, it was frustrating, was that there were so many atheist groups that were doing uh, things to help out, not just raising money, not just donating individually. Yeah. They were on the ground helping, but they didn't wear giant shirts sure. and hold signs that say, hey, we're godless. They just did it. So, okay. I feel like there's two 
two ways to kind of view this. Mm -hmm. One would be that we should be lauded because when we are doing this work, we're not doing it under the, like, for adulation, for any credit of any kind. We just get in and do the work. On the other hand, is there a PR question in terms of, like, should I go wear my, like, you know, American Atheist shirt when I go volunteer? Like, is that... Right. It, it's a fair question. And by the way, and I'm not saying the church groups doing it are doing it for PR no, either. No, no, you're right. But that, it's easy to spot the church groups because usually if you're going as part of a group, right. you're dressed a certain way, you have a certain shirt on, whatever well, it is. Well, and there's also an argument to be made that has nothing to do with religion and generosity. It has to do with like this these people have a built-in community and it only mm-hmm. takes one or two people to be like, okay, guys, we're going to organize and do this. Yes. And then all of a sudden you have 30 people as opposed to like, we're... Like hurting cats. So I understand if this writer was like, I don't see any. Right. Granted, I don't even know if he's there. He's in Kentucky. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't see you, sir. <laughs> Here's some of the things that I could find because right. it only took me one second of Google searching to figure this out. Uh-huh. Here's some of the things atheists are doing to help people in Houston. And I'm sure many of them will be helping out in Florida after this, too. Um, Foundation Beyond Belief, a group that I used to work with, they're awesome. Um, they've been raising money since like this hurricane was threatening Houston. Uh-huh. I don't know how much they've raised. They haven't released that yet, but mm-hmm. they've already sent a check to a group called All Hands Volunteers. They help with disaster recovery. Just a secular, they're not atheists. They're just a good group doing good work. So Foundation Beyond Belief has been raising money from atheists. I mean, that's one thing. Wouldn't the American Red Cross be a secular? Yes, they're fine. The thing that Foundation Beyond Belief does is they say, look, we're looking at these charities and vetting them and making sure this is the most efficient. Gotcha. Your money's going to the best possible place. And I've heard stories that the Red Cross isn't always the most efficient. This group is doing good stuff. But I mean, to the guy's point, like, I see groups because the Red Cross isn't affiliated with any kind of church. So that feels like willfully obtuse (laughs) groups. Like, not you. Okay, anyway, go It's ahead. like if they're not religious, mm-hmm. they don't get counted as atheist in his mind. Right. And they shouldn't be. They're just, the, religion isn't what they deal with. Right. Um, by the way, we're not done yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, keep going. Freedom From Religion Foundation, they have a charity wing. Mm-hmm. They donated $10,000 to the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. There are there, There's a group, Humanist in Houston, Humanists in Houston. They're coordinating relief efforts on the ground. Houston Oasis, they were cleaning strangers' homes, serving mm-hmm. food at shelters. They're still taking donations. There's a group called South Texas Atheists for Reason. They volunteered at a diaper bank, and they're going to adopt a family, quote-unquote. Oh, really? Like, kind of like adopting a kid at Christmas. You get the kid presents, right? Because maybe they don't have any other place to get them from. Uh, They're adopting a family to do this. The Beaumont Humanist Society is raising money for things like bottled water. The Corpus Christi atheists are raising funds for, quote, members of the secular community who have lost or sustained damage to their home. There's one guy who created his own group called the Humanist Fire Ants (laughs) because he's saying we can work together just like those things. And he was just raising money for resources and helping people rebuild their homes. And none of that includes all the atheists who either don't live there or do, who just gave money to the cause and aren't wearing shirts and aren't announcing their thing or doing it as part of a group. So the point is, there are a ton of atheists doing a lot of things. This guy didn't even bother to look, and yet he felt totally comfortable throwing Every atheist under the bus. That pissed Which, me off. Like, to what end? Dude, like... To make religion seem better than it really is, is the end. This dude's fucking dumb. <laughs> um, 
That sucks. And I feel we should list those charities in the I'll in the notes. post a link to all of them in the show notes if you want to donate to, to any of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope everybody's staying, stay, staying safe. This is <laughs> a fucking nightmare right now, huh? It is. And just and the point is, there are atheists helping out just as there are religious groups helping out. This is not a religion-only sort of thing. Right, right. Um, cool. Okay, I've got a thing. I, I did a lot of research and did it you all bummed me out. What'd you got? Okay, so first one. I'm curious if we overlap in anything. So first, happening in our little neck of the woods, yes. Downers Grove, Illinois. Okay. Which is, oh, you don't know this one? I don't know where you're going with this. Um, not a lot of news comes out of Downers Grove, Illinois. <laughs> DGS was my high school rival, but not the point. So a suburban library official was voted out to applause after alleged homophobic remarks. You haven't heard this? No, go on. Oh, this makes me feel so happy. I assumed I was going to be stepping on your toes. Okay. So, there is a gentleman from Downers Grove, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago nearby where we are presently, named Arthur Jaros. J-A-R-O-S, Jaros. Okay. So, he allegedly told... uh, So, there was some talk about um, where a library staff's purview is with regard to diversity. So they were having like a whole kind of deal of this is what diversity inclu- inclusiveness looks like. You should be aware of this when kids are coming in, yada, yada, yada. And he said, super chill dude, library staff should protect children from exposure to homosexual lifestyles. And he's on the board of the library. Correct. Hmm. So um, he was unanimously voted out. To applause. Like, there's video <laughs> of it that everyone's like, later, dog. It, it's a lot of he said, she said, but the gist of it is that he said, quote, we should reject any inclusion people and people different from straight white people. Now, he what? denies this. So this, allegedly he said this um, at the League of Women, Women Voters of Downers Grove, Woodward, Woodridge, and, L- and Lyle, which are all suburbs So he here. said this stuff at some sort of private organization's exactly. meeting. He denies it all. He denies it all. He said the league's account of his comments were inaccurate. He doesn't deny saying it. You know what I mean? But he said... But those words exactly in that order. So what he said was, I never said the word white, quote, and I never said the word reject, and I'm sure I didn't use the word straight. Um, so that is in regard to that quote. Well, goodbye anyway. Right. Um, so he's filing a lawsuit against the League of Women Voters, um, he's saying that it's uh, defamatory, uh, defamatory. He said that he's being called racist. He never said that. Um, he did say in an interview with the Tribune that the children's section of your library should be operated under a different set of principles and that, quote, young children should not be exposed to materials that may confuse them about their sexual identity without parental consent. So even if he didn't say those exact words, he fucking sucks. <laughs> like, he's a bad guy. I mean, it's not like they have what sex manuals in the children's section we're talking about like heather has two mommies that's is what he that's doesn't exactly like. the kind of thing that these are children's books at. that simply portray gay people as humans as humans who exist in the world yeah. and, and i think that's the thing that we see time and time again and we're going to get to that in a story i have mm-hmm. later of this thing of like oh i'm not against gay people i just don't want to see them or hear from them or <laughs> have to acknowledge that anybody different than me exists and it's it's a dumb and naive way to live your life. Um, he also has super cool kids. His son and daughter-in-law, Kurt and Mich- uh, Michaela Jaros, requested to have a children's book about gay pride removed from the West Chicago Public Library. The library subsequently denied the request. Good. So, 
it's one of those, I guess I should have said this to the end because I have so many bummers. This is actually kind of a, like, that guy sucks, but, like. But he got voted out. Yeah, at least we, and I feel like that's. said a, no to his, what, kid's request? His, yeah, kid, uh, son and daughter-in-law. Yeah. yeah, I, there is something, and as little as this makes me feel better, it is great that this guy is now, like, your racist grandpa. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's no longer in many places, and I'm not saying it's true everywhere, like, a place like Dower's Grove is, and it's relatively liberal. It's I would a suburban say. Yeah, it's suburban area. Chicago. Um, Conservatives usually do well in suburban areas. Yeah. They thrive in suburban areas. Yeah. But it's kind of nice that he's the anomaly and everyone else doesn't want to hear exactly. what he... They exactly. They don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And I hope... he. You didn't say this. I hope he doesn't make the argument like, they're stopping my free speech or something. Oh, oh. Did he? No. No. Sorry. Hey, I'm so sorry. I skipped a bullet point. It wasn't a thing that he said, but this, th- this woman, uh, Jeanette Ward, who I believe is also on the board. Uh-huh. Um, I watched a super cool interview with her on NBC5 Chicago, and she said, are you ready for this? I'm listening. It's super excellent. It's right out of the textbook. On the one hand, they need to have diversity, but the most important, diverse, but the most important diversity is the diversity of thought. Yes, bigotry doesn't matter in that. Yeah, That's not diversity of thought. That is a thing that Hate I... Hate speech doesn't mean it's free speech. That's exactly like, right. And I feel like that is a thing I see time <laughs> and time again of like, just because I have an opinion different than yours means that you think I'm bad or whatever. And it's like, no, well, when my opinion is gay people are humans and your opinion is we need to hide them, like those aren't the same opinion. Because your opinion is actively trying to repress a human... And mine is like, hey, don't do that thing. Those aren't equitable. That's crazy. So, yeah, Jeanette Ward. (sighs) Really. People. So if we're talking about LGBT stuff, um, I'm going somewhere with this. It's a different story altogether. (laughs) But um, so in a few weeks, I hope I can announce a project that I've been working on for a really, really long time with one of the writers at Friendly Atheist, Camille Berejik. Um, it's a it's a book that involves kind of this the intersection of atheism and LGBT rights, and I'll talk so much more about this when we're ready to launch this project. It's almost done. We're just <laughs> finishing up the last few things, uh, but the the thrust of the project is that uh, I know that a lot of atheists support LGBT rights. That's mm-hmm. kind. It, it seems like a given. Yeah, but. There are occasions when I will talk about or write about some uh, gay rights issue, and there are atheists who will chime in like, "What does this have to do with atheism?" And the quick hey response, guys, stop that. The quick response that is, "Sucks." Why are LGBTQ rights blocked right. in any sort of way? And almost certainly, the answer is religion. Right. And if you're fighting against religion and the effects it has and the mm-hmm. damage it does. This is something you ought to care about. Yeah, it should. And it goes to basic humanity and things like that as well. And that's kind of the argument Camille's making uh, in this Mm -hmm. book that she's working on. Just, no, you have to care about this. It's important. So I was thinking about that when I saw that Donald Trump said he was planning to rescind DACA protections for all those children of immigrants (sighs) who came here through no fault of their own. They're not doing anything wrong because then they wouldn't be part of that program. Um, they're working, they're in the military. They are, we, I saw articles about them helping people in Houston. I think somebody I mean, drowned trying to save somebody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they are as part of the country as anyone else. And Trump is saying you may lose your protections and then you're going to get deported to where, who knows, because they didn't live anywhere else, right. uh, uh, many of them. Uh, or at least if they did, it was when they were like two. Right. So where are they going to go? They don't speak that language. 
I saw that article. And one of the questions I was wondering is, I wonder if any atheist groups are going to speak out about this or mm-hmm. say anything about this because I don't know that I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that they would consider this part of the things they comment on because they don't comment on everything. Yeah, I mean, I can see that that's definitely not really under the scope of religion. I mean, that definitely well, just edges into just liberal politics. Yes, which... and so this is the question. It's not directly tied to religion. Mm-hmm. But to me, the argument to make on the other side of that is, one, it goes to humanity. Sure. That what Trump is doing is cruel. Yes. And if you care, if you don't think there's an afterlife where things are going to get better, you ought to be making life better for people here on Earth. Oops. This is just cruel policy. Yes. So on that ground, you could speak out and say, this is just mean to mm-hmm. people who are part of our national family. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, on the other par- uh, side of that, you have like an econ- you can make an economic argument that this goes to critical thinking. Uh, if people say, look, they're taking our jobs, Which they're not, they're not. Uh, jobs are not a zero sum game. Like the economy is better. Yes, they have a and job and you can have a job. They're paying taxes. So you can make an economic argument in their favor. You could make these cases that they are helping us in so many ways. So, I mean, on the side of critical thinking and math and economics, like, as atheists, what, are, what is our overarching goal? Right. I would say it's, it's not just reason. religion. It's to, to be reasonable. reasonable, promote critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So that was the other side of this. Sure. Like, maybe atheists could speak out on that front. Uh-huh. And so one of, there were only a couple of groups that said anything. Um, and I do want to mention them. Like, American atheists... Uh, Dave Silverman, the president there, said, as atheists, we know it's only through human action that the lives of those in our community can be improved. There is no question that DACA has improved the lives of all these people. Mm -hmm. This is about more than politics. This is about our shared humanity, celebrating the contributions of all Americans, uh, blah, blah, blah. Our country is made stronger by immigrants. Um, I have no doubt, he said, that countless DACA recipients were brought to our nation because of our commitment to religious freedom, religious equality, and government neutrality. Mm-hmm. I fight to protect those commitments, and I will fight to protect those who come to the U.S. in search of them. That's Interesting. Good. Um, the American Humanist Association, uh, their executive director, Roy Speckhart, said basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is another resolution among a string of decisions this administration has made that either fail to take into account the negative consequences on real human beings or do so regardless of those consequences. It's inhumane, is what the AHA said. So on those grounds, they could make these statements. And by the way, the comment thread on the article that I posted about Uh that is full of people... Say, and on Facebook, too, it was just full of people saying, who cares? Why are atheists interested in this? Atheists don't have to be liberal. Atheists don't have to be Democrats. Atheists don't have to have an opinion as a group about this sort of issue. Which, I mean, I would argue that David Silverman isn't saying all atheists think that. He says the American atheist, his yes. group is saying that. So that like, is exactly If right. you want to be a person who's going to turn around as 800,000 people get deported for really no particular reason, then, like, or because you think the children should be punished for the crimes of their parents or yeah. that they came here illegally, therefore none of them should be here. Right. If, if that's how you feel, I would argue that, no, it's not reflective of atheism. And you're right to your opinion. I think it's garbage, but like you're right, you're, you absolutely have a right. Just because you're an atheist does not mean you need to be liberal. Right. You, don't have, you can make that argument that this is separate from the atheism, or my atheism says I believe in whatever logic and reason, and here's where my conclusion or, leads me to, okay. Or I'm a humanist, and I believe that like we shouldn't treat humans like they're trash. Yeah, so 
this is the argument. And I would love to hear from people, not necessarily about this issue specifically, but how do you make that argument? Because I heard the same thing when it comes to abortion rights, uh, because there are pro-life humanists out there Mm -hmm. who say, I haven't heard this good argument or anything, but this is what they'll say. I I accept science. I believe in the humanity of all living things. Mm -hmm. I believe the living part of that starts at conception. And that's why I want to protect it. I can understand that argument. I think they're wrong, but I can understand that argument, why they make it. I also would be shocked if any large atheist group would come out and say that because pushing that policy means hurting a lot of women, uh, pushing for bad policies that are built on lies about what like Planned Parenthood does. Mm -hmm. That's where I kind of draw the line with some of these pro-life groups. I'm like, you're spreading a lot of lies. It's not just a philosophical difference. You're making these arguments for why we should close down abortion clinics that make no sense. Right. They're they're not reasonable to me. Yeah. Cause I, I think I'd be willing to buy the sort of pro-life argument if, and, and maybe they in the are. name of atheism or humanism, you were yeah, saying. But if they're promoting contraception and promoting sex education and not simply anti-abortion, like I, to me, the anti-abortion thing is almost a separate issue mm-hmm. because it. There are oh, some things we could do to reduce abortions right. and they're not, they don't seem interested in that. And right. it's the same exactly. argument to make Thank for you. a lot of evangelicals. Uh-huh. If you want to reduce abortions, guess what? Under Obama, they were reduced because they focused on. Uh, education, educa- yeah, sex education, access to birth control. Dropping condoms from helicopters. <laughs> yes. So anyway, the, the the question I'm asking anyone listening is, how do you make that case, or is that a bad case to make? Which is to say, inspired by your atheism, why are you an atheist? It's for critical thinking, logic, right. reason. Inspired by those things, or inspired by your humanism, but how I mean, do you make the argument that you know where do you draw the line? What what issues? But not fall all, under that umbrella. But not all atheists are critical thinkers. There are definitely That's atheists true. who are into alternative medicine and conspiracy theories that and are you know what? founded on facts. You're absolutely right. And I think there's not a single atheist I know who is interested in this sort of topic mm-hmm. that would fail to speak out against that. Who would yeah. say, oh, you're an atheist, but you believe in ghosts? That's ridiculous. That makes no sense mm-hmm. because we believe in evidence. We believe in reason and logic, and there's an explanation for this. No one would hesitate to say that, I but, think. But that that's about, like, alternative medicine and ghosts. That doesn't necessarily have to do with God, like, or it's easier to make that case. Maybe I'm getting too pedantic, but, like, to me saying, oh, you're an atheist that believes in ghosts, say, mm-hmm. that makes no sense. I'm less willing to say that. I'm more willing to say, oh, you say you're a skeptic and you believe in ghosts. That doesn't make sense. But to me, like, if you're an atheist, it means you don't believe in God. It doesn't really speak to, it, to yeah. me, it doesn't even speak to, like, the supernatural. It just, you don't believe in a deity. And maybe I'm t- putting too fine I think there are atheists it. who will say that. Like, I'm an atheist that stops and ends at one question. Right. Do I believe in God? Right. No, we're done with that conversation. Right. Do to I me, believe in homeopathy? Super do. <laughs> to me, the bigger issue is, well, why are you an atheist? Atheism isn't the end-all be-all of what I'm trying to push for mm-hmm. and what I think a lot of atheists who are advocating for that. Like, if you just stop believing in God, my work is not done. Right. It's right. about critical thinking and how you think mm-hmm. and going to the bigger issue and I think there are a lot of atheists who wrongly just say, well, I don't believe in God, therefore I don't have to think critically about these other things and That's I don't have to point. have good reasons. And to me, that seems like you're missing the point. Yeah. Um, and sure. I would hope atheists who conquered kind of the toughest question of them all uh-huh. would just put the same sort of evidence and look at the same logic in all these other areas. 
Anyway, um, I'm interested in how they, people would make that case. Uh. Um, sort of on the same track as uh, DACA, um, did you hear about Steve Bannon's uh, Charlie Rose interview? Uh, yes, it's not out yet as it's we make not, this, but it's clips not are out, out. But I sure did watch some clips. Uh-huh. Um, he had one with regard to um, DACA as it relates to his Catholicism. Rose said that uh, Cardinal Dolan, I can't find his first name. Timothy had, Dolan. Timothy Dolan is, you know, wants to keep DACA in place because he thinks that's in line with their Catholic views. So Steve Bannon was sort of rambling. Like, when you translate things Steve Bannon said, just like when you translate things that Trump said, it's it's inscrutable. Um, so he said they have an economic interest. They have an, uh, an economic interest in unlimited immigration, unlimited illegal immigration, um, because they need illegal aliens to fill their, fill their church is the first thing. And Rose said, boy, that's a tough thing to say about your church, which is super <laughs> excellent interviewing, I approve. Um, what Bannon said was, as much as I respect Colonel Dolan and the bishops on doctrine, this is not doctrine. This is not doctrine at all. I totally respect the Pope, and I totally respect the Catholic, Catholic bishops and cardinals on doctrine. This is not about doctrine. This is about the sovereignty of a nation. And in that regard, they're just another guy with an opinion. Which, really? I believe Stephen Colbert was like, hey, Bannon, you're out of the White House. You're another guy with an opinion, too. Yes, and also, like, you're saying that about a pope? Like, if you're a Catholic and you think the pope is another guy with an opinion, like, what do you believe anymore? Like, at what what point? What what point does he? It's just. And I think Dolan and the I don't know if the pope said anything. I think Dolan responded or something by saying, "This is who we are. We help people. This yeah. is what we do. Right. So that's why we're not interested in filling seats for the sake yeah. of it with legal immigrants. Yeah. That's not what we do. Yeah." Um, um, and just one last thought. Leave on. it to Bannon to not understand his own <laughs> religion or not care about what his own religion teaches. Um, and to kind of one more point on DACA, just in general, just personally, it is something that's kind of hit close to home in my family. My brother, uh, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, um, teaches in Southwest Chicago, and he has a lot of undocumented students in his classes. And I know most of them personally, and I know it, it, doesn't matter that I know them. Like, they're still human <laughs> beings. But when you put a face... Like, there's this girl who I've known... She's been in my brother's homeroom for four years. She is kind and sweet and smart and talented and is undocumented. And we're not only ruining people's lives, but we're exporting talent. We're we're getting rid of bright and, and kids with powerful futures for n- no really good spite. reason. Out of spite. That's exactly right. And it's... So, you know, call your senators. I've called mine. Um, yeah, we're lucky, though, in Illinois. We have senators who care about this issue. Yeah, a lot it does of them sort of like, feel eh, like... Screw the kids. Yeah, it does kind of feel a little bit like patting them on the back of, like, just reminding you, good good job. <laughs> keep good being job. awesome, Tammy keep, Duckworth, oh, Dick gosh. Durbin. Did you see Tammy Duckworth broke her... Um, her fake leg, her fake leg, her uh, prosthetic leg. Oh she was no. like on a rowing machine and she snapped her leg. Oh no. It was a really cool picture. Um, but anyway, yeah. And there's so much going on right now, you know, and there's so many things pulling our attention. And I just hope this doesn't fall through the cracks. Hopefully and, not. And we do something that history is not going to be kind about. Um, and that's my. All right, I'm going to transition then to yeah. Ken Ham because uh, oh. I feel the need to. to, to here, let's talk about people who should be deported. <laughs> um, Ark Encounter, uh, 
for a long time, we knew that the state of Kentucky was giving them a rebate, a sales tax rebate. Heaven, of if you up don't to have Ark Encounter numbers in front of you right now. I have them right here. Do you? Of course. Okay, well, okay, okay, but what not, do you mean, of course? We've talked about this for 12 weeks and you haven't <laughs> had numbers. Because they never released the attendance yeah. numbers. We don't, we don't necessarily have the attendance numbers, mm-hmm. but I got other numbers. Uh, the state of Kentucky said when Ark Encounter was being built, mm-hmm. hey, you're bringing tourists into our state. We like that. We want to reward you for it because sure. that's good for our state, for our economy. Uh, so we, as a tourist attraction, we will give you like a quarter of the sales tax you earn. Mm-hmm. We'll give it back to you. Uh, for bringing all these people in, because you get a sales tax on tickets, on food, on merchandise. concessions, merchandise, whatever. We'll give you a quarter of it back, up to, they said, $18.25 million over the next 10 years. Okay. And the controversy here was, one, then Ark Encounter, after they said that, after the state said that, Ark Encounter's like, great, we're going to hire a bunch of people too. By the way, you have to believe that it's a young earth creationism, like the earth was created 6,000 years ago. And you have to oppose marriage equality. Yeah. Uh, That's the requirements for being like the janitor at our place. That feels really important. I'm glad they did that. It was discriminatory. Like Mm -hmm. Jews not allowed is what they were basically saying. Atheists can't get a job here. Actually, Christians can't get a job here unless you agree with us. And people filed a lawsuit over this saying, you can't give these people this rebate funded Mm -hmm. by the taxpayers because they should be getting the sales tax money. You can't give them back this money if they're a religious ministry, which is what they're claiming. Right. But wait, at at the time, were they under the... They were still a for-profit, but they were still discriminating, which is a whole host of other issues. So that's a whole other thing. But what a judge eventually said Uh uh, is that... You can't exclude them from getting this money from the program in Kentucky. You can't, the rebate program. You can't say they're cut out of it because they're promoting Christianity. Mm -hmm. That is unfair to them. It doesn't matter if they're discriminating. It doesn't matter if they're promoting Christianity. They have to be eligible for this funding. And this case took years to resolve. Mm -hmm. When it started, the governor was uh, Steve Bashir, who was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. So when you're fighting this, like the state's on the side of church-state separation. Right. By the time the judge ruled on this, Matt Bevin, a Republican, is the governor. Hardcore conservative Christianity, like a BFF of Ken Ham. Uh-huh. So the state's like, well, the judge said this. We're not going to fight it. Uh-huh. So it, that's the way it stood. So Ark Encounter still eligible for all this money. So now the question is, how much did they make in sales tax? Like, did they earn the maximum amount for this year? And we just found out this week that they got the first check from uh-huh. the state of Kentucky for $1.825 million, which is a tenth of their decade-long $18.25 million money that they were allotted. They hit the max for year one. That okay. does not translate into ticket sales because, again, this is for T-shirts, oh, for sure. concessions. Okay. So it's not a simple math game of we could figure out how many people visited based uh-huh. on this. But they did hit the max. According to the state, they uh, actually made uh, $2.28 million in sales tax, oh, or wow. I think maybe that's a quarter of the sales tax or whatever. Mm-hmm. They made more than so the allotted amount, out. so they maxed it out. So they're getting that money back. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for future years, um, and we still don't have actual attendance numbers for the entire first year, but there you go. They They hit that amount, finally. So... There's that. It'll be interesting to see if they make it back in the future years because they're under the assumption that 
they're still going to have even increased attendance yeah. for at least the next couple of years while this is still a novelty. Mm-hmm. And I'm under the, my prediction here is I don't think it's going to get better because I think the people who wanted to see it probably saw it by now after a year. Yeah. And it's not, it's a creation museum. It's not a science museum. The exhibits don't change. Right. You don't need, you don't learn more on the second visit. Right. Like you're done. You've seen it but, once, you're good. counterpoint, Aren't they putting in a zipline? <laughs> Probably. Ziplines are dope. Uh, their next thing is what? The Tower of Babel? Whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I want to say one more thing about Ken Ham, because yes. I didn't see this, but it falls along the same lines. Uh, Rachel Oates, who is this YouTuber who I've come to really like. She does a nice job with her videos. She got a copy of some of his books for kids, Ken Ham's books for kids. Okay. And he, it's a Q&A book. Like, why... Is the earth 6,000 years old? Whatever. And then he answers the questions. Well, one of the questions she pointed out is someone asked Ken Ham something like, what's a light year? When scientists say this planet is whatever, thousands of light years away, Mm -hmm. um, like, what does that mean? Because that theoretically means it took millions of years, uh, you know, for light to get here. So here's Ken Ham's explanation of what a light year is. Oh my God, I'm unbated. Because think about this. Yeah. If it, if, a light year mm-hmm. is the measure of distance, how long it takes light to travel in, in a year. year. So if something is two light years away, it would take the light two years to get here. Uh-huh. That's a really far away place. Yes. Um, here's Ken Ham. We need to realize it's not a measure of time, but a measure of distance, telling us how far away something is. Good. Right. Yes, good. Ken Ham goes on. Distant stars and galaxies might be millions of light years away. Go on. But that doesn't mean that it took millions of years for the light to get here. Hey, Ken. It just means it's really far away. Hey, Ken. That's literally exactly <laughs> what it means. That's exactly <laughs> that's what exactly, it means. And you just said, like, nope, that's not it. It just means it's far. Like, dude, you're missing the point. It was right in front of you. You here's knew it. A, okay, here's the horrifying thing. Oh. I kind of understand his logic. <laughs> Because all he's doing is eliminating the part that the reason we can see stars is that the light traveled that far. If you just refuse to acknowledge that that like light has to travel here and just sort of think of it as a nebulous thing, like it's a child, it's it's logic of children. Like it doesn't make sense. He's an idiot. Ugh, oh, Ken. What is going on? I don't know. I hate you got everything. one. Yeah. What do I got next? Um, oh, so there was a a study. That I would like to hear your thoughts on. Yes. Um, with regard to atheists and open-mindedness. Go on. So, a study of 788 people in the UK, France, and Spain concluded that atheists and agnostics think of themselves as more open-minded than those with faith, but are actually less tolerant to different differing opinions and ideas. Atheists are less tolerant of different opinions? Correct. So, huh. uh, according to this study, which I should note was sponsored by a Catholic university. And at first I was like, that doesn't, obviously I don't think that sounds right because I've met religious people and I've met atheists and that doesn't jive with like my circumstantial worldview. Um, So what I sort of parsed out of it, and it wasn't a very long article that I read this in uh, the independent. Um, so essentially, it said the non-religious compared to the religious seem. These are very hard sentences to parse. The non-religious compared to the religious seem to be less closed-minded when it came to explicitly me- explicitly measured certainty in one's belief. So the non-religious were 
less closed-minded. So the non-religious were more were open-minded compared to religious people. But when it came to subtly, subtly measured uh, inclination to integrate views that were diverging and contrary to one's own perspective, it was the religious who showed more openings. In some clo- closed-mindedness, or at least some aspects of it, may not be reserved only for the uh, uh, religious. Moreover, in some aspects, the non-religious may even outperform the religious. I want Okay, here's my first thought when I hear that. Like, the reason I try to hold opinions is because there's logic and reason for them. I would hope that's what a lot of people are doing. Yes. So if you tell me, oh, this, I don't know, this scientific fact, evolution is wrong for some religious reason, yeah, I'm going to be closed-minded to that because evolution has reason for us to accept it. Yes. But if you have religious beliefs that are based on faith Mm -hmm. and not logic, Mm -hmm. and you hear something logical, you better be open-minded to it. Or even if it's not logical, if somebody in authority says it, even if it doesn't necessarily, like, jive with like your what you think or what you see as logical if you, like i think this is i like, think the interesting shouldn't we thing, be close-minded about right, things so we're right the, about in, the inter- <laughs> so on kind of first blush atheists are less open-minded the the reading of this i think to most people is that open-mindedness is a net positive thing like it's an always you know it's they're acting like open-mindedness is always, always a, good a positive thing, thing yeah. which as the saying goes, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls right, out. Right, exactly. So that was what I... So I thought... What, the things that I thought were interesting were, A, that that idea of, oh, Catholics... Or, um, that, you know, open-mindedness is, mindedness is definitely good and atheist... Why can't I talk today? Because it's Friday. It is Friday. Have some more wine. Okay. We're at my house, so we're drinking wine. And my dog is here, so <laughs> things are great. Um... And the other thing is that it's sponsored by a Catholic university, which that doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean, mean any doesn't necessarily mean the data is bad, but is worth taking <laughs> it's into worth consideration. Certainly. Well, we'll post that on the site. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, we'll post a link to that. Okay. Uh, let me raise this one because this is fascinating. Because I don't follow the politics of Northern Ireland usually. You don't. I don't. But then this came up, and I'm like, this is kind of amazing. Uh huh. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, a woman named Nuala McAllister okay. Nuala, uh, was elected the Lord Mayor of Belfast. Oh, I heard about this. And she is, I mean, it's basically you're the mayor of a big city. Right. And she was elected by the city council members, mm-hmm. not like everybody, but the city council members chose her to be their leader. Oh. And I, I well, I'm not going to pretend like I know her politics on everything, and mm-hmm. I don't know what she stands for. Maybe she believes something horrible that I don't know sure. about. But she's she's 28. She's a new mother, relatively new mother. Yeah, like super young. Um, she is an open atheist, uh-huh. like doesn't hide that. Uh-huh. And this is where this became an issue. She basically had, think of it as like the inauguration ceremony. Mm-hmm. And everyone's there. Religious leaders are there too. Everyone's celebrating her ascendance to this position. And they all have dinner. And usually uh-huh. in that position... Someone says says grace, and then everyone eats. Well, she didn't ask anybody to say grace. Just dug in. She just dug in. She, I'm sure she said, like, all right, let's eat, whatever. But that was it. She just skipped the grace part of it, and people flipped their shit. Of course they did. Uh, She didn't draw attention to it, by the way. But uh, this is the moderator of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. There was no grace on the program, and the Master of Ceremonies didn't call anyone to lead the gathering in grace. 
Um, I don't know why that I don't know why that didn't happen, but maybe it's a sign of the times. (sighs) Said another person. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to that guy ever. (laughs) Free Presbyterian minister. I'm very annoyed at this very sad state of affairs. It shows how far we've departed from our Christian heritage when we can't even offer a simple thanks for food. Hey, Just dude. pray by yourself. Or, hey, I'm really annoyed that women are still dying because they can't get <laughs> abortion safe in uh, in parts of Ireland. So <laughs> let's look at our <laughs> lives. That no one stopped them from praying. No one stopped them from leading a prayer on their own. See, that's, that's like, how you know it's fucking garbage because it's all about performance. It's all performative. Yes. It's just like when I was... Okay, I don't want to brag. Hemant, you know I hate to brag. Do you? Go on. I do hate to brag. When I was a kid, I used to go to sports camp every summer. Look at you. I know. Um, so it was in Loris in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, I think. Anyway, Loris is a uh, Christian college. And so we, every day, we would, you know, you have like group meals with your with your campers. We were staying at, at the Loris College, like dorms. And you had to say grace before you were excused to go get your food. And literally, and like, it wasn't a requirement. I don't... It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm an adult now. (laughs) Nobody makes me pray ever. But literally, it would be like 13, 10-year-old girls being like, good food, good drink, good God, let's eat. And that was our prayer. (laughs) And they're like, super, you nailed it. You guys are the best prayers of all time. Like, it's so... It's so like transparently performative. Performative. Yeah. And by the way, there's a Bible verse. What is it? Matthew five and six, something like that. I'm gonna get it wrong. Me. But it says like if you're gonna pray, don't do do it it quietly. Do it quietly. You don't have to make a show of it. Yeah. Um. And uh, McAllister even said this is unconnected to that event, but she said beforehand her goal is to promote a Belfast that is open, welcome, and inclusive. That means not singling out, like, one religion as if it's the one, one that she doesn't even believe in. Right. Um, so yeah, like, what can be less... So, to me, I, th- I would think it would be even more insulting if somebody who didn't believe in the religion still saying a <laughs> prayer, because that you... That seems disingenuous. It's disingenuous, and it's 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 lies on its face if i'm if you know about me if you know about jessica that i don't believe in god and i still am like god bless this food like you know i am lying you know (laughs) i am what we want to avoid in politics uh for what it's worth i reached out to her office to see if she would do an interview with us i have not heard back but Uh it was worth a shot i thought (gasps) let's go to ireland (laughs) done we'll do it on the road trip yes (laughs) 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 we'll get one of those duck boats from boston Yes. (laughs) This was uh, Uh, if we're talking about religion. Here is another story that we're talking about religion. Good sorry. Good segue. Thank you. (laughs) It's unique. Uh, If you saw the uh, MTV VMAs uh, a week or two ago, which we all do, don't we? You did not watch the VMAs. Of course I didn't. MSNBC was on. If you're watching the VMAs, here's something I did see online because it was repeated and it went viral. And of course, I saw it afterwards. Mm-hmm. At one point, Miley Cyrus did it. Th- no, that was I'm like sure five she did. Years but ago, <laughs> keeping up with there the was times. a guy who spoke on stage out of nowhere. His name was Rob Lee the Fourth, and he basically got on stage. This oh, is right after this Charlottesville, like uh-huh. a week after Charlottesville, and he said, "I'm going to read his thing because it was beautiful." My name is Robert Lee the Fourth. I am a descendant of Robert E. Lee, the Civil War general whose statue was at the center of violence in Charlottesville. We have made my ancestor an idol of white supremacy, racism, and hate. As a pastor, it is my moral duty to speak out against racism, America's original sin. Today, I call on all of us with privilege and power to answer God's call to confront racism and white supremacy head on. 
Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. That guy was incredible. That is amazing. I thought it would. There was like some an, like college sports announcer whose name was Rob Lee. And <laughs> there like, there was different like, we're issue. Gonna, we're gonna take you off the air for a yeah, minute. Yeah, different issue. Different issue. This wow. guy said that wow, it was wow, amazing. Wow, wow. Why am I talking about him more than like a week later? Guess. <sighs> Tell me. Guess his no. church. No. His church. He tweeted last week. I had to resign my pastorate today. I hope you will all pray for me. He then quoted Albus Dumbledore. <gasps> Dark times lie ahead of us, and there will be a time when we must choose between what is easy and what is right. <laughs> and one more thing. Someone just asked me, was it worth it? Was it worth losing everything? Unequivocally, yes. Here's the deal. He's the pastor of a United Chur- uh, Church of Christ church. They are usually progressive on these issues, but after he went on the Video Music Awards, and Uh after he made that unbelievable statement, Uh people in his congregation were furious that he brought this sort of attention to them. I don't know what that means, but they they were unhappy that they were like the fighters of racism? I don't know. Yeah, I would think oh, you celebrate this. I'd hate for, for history to remember <laughs> me as the church that spoke out against racism. The yeah, history's going to be so cruel to us. Apparently that was a step too far for them. And so they basically forced him to, I, I think before they fired him, he said, I quit. Something like that. He resigned on his own, but they were going to get you rid of him. You can't fire me, I quit. Yeah. That's not funny. But he, he had to leave because of that. They, that they would rather sucks. he stayed silent when he, of all people, has a voice that he could use. So, I mean, good for this guy for speaking up. I'm sorry that he lost his position. At yeah. the same time, when you have someone like that, I'm sure he'll find a new oh, church to oh, join and lead very state. soon. But uh, that was annoying to see. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that about yes. him. But, but I'm glad that he doesn't have regrets. Yeah, no, he, he and seems... And I'm glad he didn't feel pressured to walk back what he said. Yes. So that says a lot about him. Good for and that guy. If you want to come oh. on the show. <laughs> he... Here, I'll make you mad about something again. Uh, There was this coach in Washington State. His name was Joe Kennedy. Uh, There was... Here's the deal with this guy, Joe Kennedy. For years, this was an issue. He was an assistant football coach at a public high school. Mm -hmm. At the end of games, he would go to center field and kneel and pray and, again, made a big show of it. That's a theme here. And, of course, some students would join him, as is their right. Mm -hmm. But he's basically leading a prayer for everybody. And so this is a problem because he's on the clock. You're As a public school coach, when the last whistle blows and the game ends, your job's not done yet. Yeah. So he's he's a district employee. He's doing this. It's wrong. They basically, the, the, the school, the district is sued over this. They basically take the side that, uh, what he's doing is wrong. Good. They don't renew his contract. I'm sorry, let me make sure I get this right. He was warned by the district, don't do what you're doing. He did it anyway. Oh. He didn't have his contract renewed mm-hmm. the following year, so he sued the district. You unfairly got rid of me. Joe Kennedy lost in court, and then he appealed. Uh-huh. Then he lost again at the appeals level, where uh-huh. they're like, the school had every right to do what they wanted with you. Yeah. So this is this guy. Especially if it, the fact that it's a contract renewal and not like a firing of a tenured nope. teacher, that to me is extreme. Okay, but Exactly. Yeah. So he lost his appeal. That happened recently, okay. the, that he lost his appeal. So the Christian Broadcasting Network, Pat Robertson's network, mm-hmm. uh, they interviewed the president to focus on the family, Jim Daly, like a conservative Christian leader. Mm-hmm. They interviewed this guy, and they wanted to know what he thought about Joe Kennedy and his stance. 
And I was amazed, even despite what I... I'm sure I thought I expected him to say, Joe Kennedy was doing something good for those kids, leading them in prayer. Uh Uh, It was wrong for them. I thought that's what he was going to say. Sure, that's kind of his brand. Yeah. Here's what he basically said. I, it's egregious that the government would rule against a coach who's trying to do all he can to help these boys. I was one of those boys back when I was 15 who had no father like millions of other young girls and boys today, basically saying I had no father figure in my life. Joe Kennedy was a father figure to these boys, giving them this character, and the school fired him. It was wrong. I needed a guy like that in my life. These kids lost that guy in their life, but then he went on. It was pivotal to have a coach that taught me character. And then he went on. To me, it seems, speaking of the district, they would rather see me with a heroin needle in my arm or having a premarital affair with some girl in high school or an out-of-wedlock baby. I'm tired of it. In other words, this guy was (laughs) preaching Christianity, and the only alternative to that is not not neutrality. It's... If you don't promote Jesus on the field, you want kids to do drugs and have underage baby-making sex. That's the only options in this guy's world. That's unbelievable. Only Christians can teach kids good characters, is what he's saying. And by the way, Jim Daly, he's supposed to be like the mainstream moderate leader of Focus on the Family after James Dobson, who was like the furiously anti-gay guy who used to run the group. Jim Daly's supposed to be the more sensible guy. That was and this is what he's saying. Buck wild sentence I have ever heard <laughs> in my entire... That was a roller coaster ride of a sentence. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that happened. Oh my God. Okay, can I Please. pivot to more anti-gay shit? Yes. So... Um, so a lot is interesting about this. So apparently in um, in 2015, a woman named Millie Fontana, who is, uh, I believe at the time she was 24, 24 years old, she's Australian, she shared her story uh, with, this says hundreds of listeners at the American, excuse me, <laughs> the Australian Christian lobby. So it's in 2015, this particular um, article that I'm reading, which is on Project Republic, which when I went to click on it, I have Ed Blocker on. Okay. And, and you know how they do pop-ups of like, will you whitelist us? And yes. I usually do. But it said, hello, Patriot. And I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't get to tell me what to do. Um, so this woman is uh, a daughter of um, a lesbian couple who used a sperm donor okay. to, to conceive her. And now as an adult, she is a living nightmare person. She says some really garbage shit that I think is unforgivable, and I'm really sorry to her parents for having to hear this. So essentially, she her thesis is that having two moms robbed her of a father and that her parents her her moms lied to her. So she said she loved both of her parents. She couldn't place her finger on what it was I was missing inside myself. <laughs> So this is a speech that she made to the American Christian Lobby in 2015. The thing is, I found this, that it was published on September 1st, 2017. Do you know why? I think I know why. Here's the deal with, if I have this right, sorry if I get it wrong. Uh, It's what's going on in Australia. Australia does not have marriage equality. Yeah. They are going to, they're trying to pass legislation for this or try to vote on this. If I have this right, like the prime minister 
I'm going to get all this wrong. Don't send me <laughs> letters. I'm sorry I'm wrong. The prime minister is like, I could just say, hey, uh, parliament, get to work on this. But he's like, I don't want to do that unless I know I have the people's support on this. So they're going to do a mail-in ballot just to say we're cool with you moving forward on this. Mind you, there are already polls that say the majority of Australians are fine with this. And also, I feel like human rights aren't <laughs> the thing that should be up to a popular yes. vote. Um, but not only is he doing this mail-in ballot just to get approval of whether to move forward, uh-huh. it costs a lot of money. Like sure. more than It's like a literal many, mail-in many ballot, ballot? Yeah, to say, yeah, we're cool with you doing this. So they're wasting money on this stupid mail-in ballot. It's been to there Australia. Are people, they have internet there. <laughs> yeah, there are people who are now doing commercials saying... Uh, make sure you vote against this uh, on the mail-in ballot. But if it goes through, then Parliament can get to work. I mean, it's just they're putting up stupid obstacles for marriage equality, and there have been commercials. I was wondering when you said her name, uh, Millie Fontana, mm-hmm. is she one of the people in one of these commercials too? Maybe that's why I don't know. It could be. I, I've not seen, and I didn't see, in the article that I read didn't do one-on-one connection, so I kind of spaced on the. Um, uh, LGBTQ marriage thing. Okay, so this woman, Millie, has two moms. She seems to be a functioning adult, but she's super mad at her parents. And this is why. <coughs> when I, I almost did an Australian accent. I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> try. When I hit school, I started to realize through observing other children and their loving bonds with their fathers that I was really missing out on something special. So there's a quote. When And the article goes on. When, the, when Fontana became became old enough, she started to question her mother's on her father's whereabouts. That's when the lies began. Oh, also, sorry, I didn't read the title of this article. Let me read that now for you. Children of LGBT parents have grown up, and now they're spilling the sick reality of it all. Oh, God. So, um, I was, so that's when the lies began. I was lied to throughout school. I was told I didn't have a father, or perhaps they didn't know who he was. So, I think lying is a pretty generous reading of what happened. And I also think that this, is, and there's more that I'll go on to, but like already it's this thing of like, to me, what a parent is or a father is, is not like your, like your parent, I guess is technically your like biological father. But I can tell you right now, a lot of people would disagree that like th- this person wasn't her father. This person was, was a sperm donor. Right. He wasn't a part of her life. And not at all. Um, so Fontana, God, I this makes me so mad. Fontana said the ideology that her mother has pushed onto her was unfair to force the child into accepting something that was not entirely true because they made the choice of using a donor, which I feel like I could super use that argument against all religious people because they're (laughs) definitely pushing something onto them that was not true. Quote, when they chose what parts of my identity were acceptable to reveal to me, they took something from me where other children were able to look in the mirror and reconcile those missing parts and say, quote, I love my mother's or my father's. I could not because in my eyes, who were my parents to decide what parts of me were acceptable to reveal to me? Listen, no one has a quote-unquote perfect traditional family. We all have issues of some sort. Mm -hmm. That's not even a weird bad one. No, You had two parents who loved you. Deal. You'll be fine. But A, you have two parents who love you, which is more than a lot of people Uh have. B, like, it just, it feels, this feels like, this is a 24-year-old woman says, this feels like a (laughs) 16-year-old. This feels like somebody who's, like, mad at their parents for ever having been born. It's, and I'm, I'm definitely not one to like 
you should be grateful for your parents your whole life. I get like, we all have complicated relationships with our, with our biological family in oh, every way. Yeah. We all do. So I'm not saying that like you owe your moms for having you. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. But to act like she was neglected because she did, she didn't have a, a father is fucking ludicrous on its face. And this weird idea that like something was missing in her is that's, she put that on herself. Like that's, I would say that there's plenty of people who didn't have a mom, didn't have a dad at all and had a single parent. Many of them didn't feel that they had like this gap in them missing. Like I, divorces happen. People die. You don't get to like act like your parents, your moms robbed you of something because they were raising you. They were fucking busy raising you. They didn't have time. Like I just, oh, it makes mm-hmm. me so goddamn mad. Um, and I get like, she found, I think she eventually met her father at 11, which is really young. So if you're... Yeah, to even make sense of what it means to have a sperm donor. Exactly. So if you... So so in theory, she started asking these questions when she started to hit school. So she was seven. Are you going to like sit your seven-year-old down and be like, hey, here's how biology works. <laughs> like It's hard enough to explain biological sex, much yes. less here's the alternatives to that. And she... So Fontana admitted that those... That those on the left, excuse me, Fontana admitted what those on the left will ultimately bring up, that her story is not one that is heard often, quote, because nobody wants to hear the other side of the rainbow. That side is not catered for. That that don't grow up happy and grew up with a dissenting idea of what a family structure should be. There are gay people who will say, I used to be gay, now I'm happily married. It doesn't mean everyone feels that way. And again, the issue with her, I would think, is she's an anomaly. If she's upset about her life, yep. fine, that's her issue. But other people who have and gay notice, parents do not feel that way. Notice I don't see anywhere in this state, and I didn't watch her whole speech. It was like 13 minutes, and I need to not gouge my eyes out most days. Yes. Um, she didn't say that she felt neglected. And she didn't, from what I can see, didn't even identify like, oh, I didn't have like a masculine influence in my life or like... Like some of those very stereotypes, like nobody. So what did she lose out on? What was she missing? Yeah, that she couldn't get from her parents. Yeah, like did she just feel like she had a not perfect childhood? Because guess what? (laughs) Join the join the fucking club. (laughs) Like I, I don't know. It makes me really it, it. It just to think of these women who obviously like went through a lot so they could have a child, and and listen, they're. I'm going to tell you right now, they're probably super imperfect parents because everybody is, but, like, this wasn't a couple that got knocked up at 16 and did the best that they could. These are people who, like, made the choice to have a child, and I want to, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they were emotionally prepared to, like, provide for that kid in, in the ways that they needed to. For that kid to grow up and be like, yeah, gay marriage is bullshit because I wanted a dad is, like, <laughs> fucking garbage. You're so selfish. Uh, so, finally, after meeting her dad on age 11... Uh, Fontan was finally able to fill a void she had felt from birth. Congrats. Can you ima- can you fucking imagine the fucking nerve of this one, a void that she's fi- I don't know why this is making me so mad because <laughs> I there is nothing about this that I can particularly relate to like I it just just like just oozes of like ingratitude and this sort of gross I didn't have a picture book childhood and that's my mom's fault for so, bringing me into existence. Yeah. How fucking dare they? Um, 
as she explains so powerfully, human 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 nature can't be denied by political correctness. Like jerk off motion, shut. <laughs> uh, we parentheses children of same sex couples want our want our mothers and fathers. I don't understand why society. Who is this we? Who is she speaking? Children for? of same sex. It says in the they parentheses. Don't all, they it don't says in the parentheses. Fe- you don't get to speak for all of them. I don't understand why society is so fiercely rejecting such a natural concept that is acceptable in every other family structure. And then the closing of this garbage article by Project Republic. Hey, Patriot, this is reality. They didn't say, hey, Patriot. That was my, <laughs> that was, I was editorializing. I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Uh, this is the reality, and it's time someone takes a hard, long w- look at what the LGBTQ community should be doing when it comes to raising children. This isn't a knock at, oh, this isn't a knock at gays. I'm going to take a, pe- this is, I referenced this earlier. <laughs> this fucking sentence. Go. Oh. This isn't a knock at gays. I'm going to take a piece from General Mad Dog Mattis. I don't care who you go to bed with. Just quit shoving it down my throat and my children's throats every chance you get. Oh, my God. Drink some wine. You'll need it after that one. I need so much of it, and it's only 4.30. It's almost (laughs) 5. It's almost an acceptable time for me to drink. I got... I I got... I just... Listen... Let me let finish, me finish, finish yelling this, for a yes, second, please. Heaven. Don't take this away from me. I wait all week let to it yell all at you. Fuck <laughs> these people. You are nightmare humans. People existing in the world tangentially to you is not shoving them down your throat. Fuck you. Fuck you all. Go ahead. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the subject, uh, normally if I post a video of an anti-gay pastor, preacher, saying stuff like that. Okay. That's just dumb. Yes. Uh, it's, I think it's easy for a lot of Christians to dismiss it, saying uh, it's a fringe group. Not everyone, not even in Christianity, most of us don't think that way. We're not the bigots who are saying, you know, uh, homosexuality is the worst sin. We think all sins are equal. You know, they'll say stuff like that. Or there are some people I've talked about who said... Uh, homosexual uh, gay people deserve to die at the hands of the government. But they're on the fringe. You know they're on the fringe. Yeah, but they exist, and I hate them. But they exist. Even if you're talking about more mainstream evangelicals, we're talking about people who don't want gay people to adopt kids. We're talking about people who don't want to see them get married. Okay. There is a pastor in normal Illinois, which is not usually where we hear about religious stories. Mm -mm. It's a rural area, though it has a college there. Illinois State? Is that what that Uh, is? Is it ISU? Yeah. Um, but there's Eastview Christian Church. It's a mega church, mm-hmm. which really, uh, yeah, in Normal, Illinois, which huh. you wouldn't necessarily expect if you know that area, but it is. They get like five thousand people a weekend. Hmm. The pastor there is one of those evangelical mega church preachers who you would think is kind of like mainstream Christianity. Sure. This is the sort of guy. It's like Rick Warren. It's mm-hmm. the sort of guy people point to and say. That's who we're like. Yeah. Don't listen to those other people. We wear polos, not suits. We wear backwards <laughs> baseball caps and play guitar. We're the cool Christians. I wear a necklace and have an ear pierced. You rebel. <laughs> so these, so Mike Baker is one of these types of pastors. That In my head, it was a conch shell necklace. I oh, really need to make go. that vision clear. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Stupid. There you go. So... Baker, Mike Baker, is like, I'm going to talk about sex because it's an awkward subject and we should be able to discuss and this I'm in church. And I'm going to sit on my chair backwards. <laughs> he wore a suit, actually. I'm looking at God damn it. But he did have, like, you know when, when you see TED Talks and you see the giant letters yes. TED in the back? Tell me what it said. Sex. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to talk about it. Oh, I tell wanna... me he walked up to Salt and Pepper. Let's talk about <laughs> sex. Thing. He Bing. didn't. 
He taught. Uh, okay, I listened to this hour and a half like, you did sermon. Not. Let me tell you some did of the things this guy said. Did you expose your children to that? No, I'm not mean. <laughs> uh, let me read you some of the stuff he said. Yeah. You go back to the very beginning of history, the very first time in human history where two people had sex, and it's the creation in Genesis chapter one. It's the first time it happened. Six thousand years ago. Sir, that's when it I'm happened. Flag that. Uh, going on. Males have a penis and women have a vagina. This is not rocket science, people. I think some trans people would disagree, but there you go. Um, God made man's penis to fit perfectly oh, into a woman's vagina. No, I got, I'm getting the Thanks, yes. Pastor. They're not all Goldilocks. God. Okay. Uh, here's where it gets, oh uh, where I got infuriated. If you take, he's arguing that you should be abstinent until marriage and then sex is going to be amazing automatically. Oh, super. Yeah. Of course. If you take this all-consuming act of love between a husband and wife, and then you have sex with two or three other people. Three? <laughs> three. Three. Or four or five. What? Or all these pornographic images, whatever wait. that means. Or 17 different partners. <gasps> all of a sudden, wait, all of a sudden, now your mind is confused and we have issues now. What's my mind confused about? Apparently, if you have sex with two people or more in your life, in addition to whoever you marry, you're going to have issues. All of you. What Everyone. You, what kind of, like capital I issues? Uh, or like, is he specifying? We got to work some stuff out. Okay. Uh, he goes on. I mean, I would add, like, I, if you had sex with that Citation people, needed. Probably at least one of them was like a bad lay. So those are <laughs> right? issues. That's a different story. I think he's saying if you were happy and you had sex with more than one person. No, nope. No. You're really not. No. Nope. He knows issues, better than you do. Sir. Uh, he went on to talk about LGBT people. Um, when he's talking about transgender people. Uh, they all say, I'm quoting him, they all say, I'm born this way. There's nothing I can do about it. I was born. Yeah, this, I'm sorry. Time. He's talking about LGBT people, not just trans. Uh, I was born this way. Now, nearly 50% of people in that community say, I wasn't born this way. I just choose this way. It's the way I'm going to be. It's sorry. my choice. And you can't say anything to me about it. Okay. 50%. When you say, okay. When, you say, when, when he says 50%. Do you think he's just pulling that number out of the air and like assigning it? Or do you think he's like reading some garbage report? I thought very carefully about this because I <laughs> wondered the same thing. I'm uh -huh. like, because there's no citation on the website. They had sermon notes, but it wasn't in there because oh, I looked. they don't cite their sermons? I'm fucking shocked. So I was trying to, he, I'm watching, I'm like, I don't think he's the guy that's just trying, he seems genuinely concerned about this issue to the point where I don't think he's trying to pull these numbers out of his ass. I think he's getting it from somewhere, but I can't for the life of me understand where he's getting this from because that's so fake that like, where would you get that number yeah, from? Yeah, and, and I think... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You got it from somewhere else. You didn't just make it up, but where? I have no idea. Here's the thing. Even if he is right, so fucking what? Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. Um, he, he went on. Now, some of you are saying, yeah, but I feel this way. I feel like I was born this way. I feel like I'm a guy, but I really should have been a girl. Blah, blah, blah. I have well, I would ask you to consider some other things. Maybe it has something to do with the way I was raised. Maybe the environment I was raised in. Maybe a feeling of inadequacy or a feeling of loneliness. Just consider that what you feel is not your reality, is what he says to trans people. You, what the fuck he has is he never talked to an openly trans person. No. Um I'm moving down because this is what he said next. Then he talked about porn and why it's a horrible, horrible thing. Again. Where is he getting these numbers from? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Porn is abusive. There are no two innocent people having sex on the camera. 85 to 90% of the people have been kidnapped, forced, <laughs> in, forced into it. 
<laughs> drug addiction. They're forced to have these sexual acts Wait, to I stay like alive. I like just threw drug addiction in there. Yes. They're forced to have these sexual acts to stay alive. All the porn that is available, 85 to 90, very specific here, 85 to 90, somewhere in there, they're being forced to do it like with a gun to their heads. So this is what bothers me about this, because there are definitely arguments that to be made about like the morality of how porn is produced right now. Yes, that is a fair conversation It is a conversation worth having. This uh, (laughs) garbage, though, is not. It's super not. No. Yeah, there are people who willingly do it. Yeah. We interviewed one. We've We've interviewed one. There are many more like her who are just like, no, I like doing this. It's fun. In fact... It pays well. It pays well. I have all the control, is what some of them says, like... Especially women in the business who are like, I have control over this. Yeah. It's what I say that goes. It's right. not like someone's making me do something I don't want to do. And again, not to say that sex trafficking is an issue. Not different to say issue. That, different different issue. issue. We want to make that clear. Yes. Um, he went on. Then he's back to gay people. These same-sex relationships are not healthy. He then goes on to do a Q&A, but like pre-submitted questions. Somebody asked him, <laughs> why is the same-sex relationship not also designed in God's image? Oh, thanks, dude. To which he says... The kind of sex that you have to have between a man and a man and a woman and a woman is only an imitation of the real thing. It's not real sex. It's just fake. The reality is that even a monogamous relationship between two men and two women, it's not healthy for them and according to God's word for the culture. What? Gay people can't have real sex. Only he has real sex because it's with the opposite sex. But gay people can't have sex is what he's saying. It's just fake. It's It's not real. They can't experience true... (laughs) There you go. Um, So, this is the mainstream guy. Look, if this is the fringe guys, I'm not surprised. But no, this is the church that every person kind of... Like, a lot of Protestants go to. This is the sort of thing they want to point to to say, go to this church. That's the sort of church you ought to be focusing on because they don't do the, they don't say the stupid things like, you know, hurricanes are caused by gay people. They don't say that. No, this is what they say and it's not better. Oh, it's infuriating. Now here's, let me give you some good news about all this. Is it that he's definitely never given his wife an orgasm ever? Because holy shit, I've never been more sure of anything. Citation needed. There were protesters. I feel it in my heart. There were protesters Bible, outside his church when he was saying this because oh. they knew he was going to talk about this. Good for them. Wait, protesting which part? <laughs> Good, yeah. Uh, protesting the anti-gay stuff he was saying. They, oh, okay. they held signs saying, God doesn't make mistakes. Cool. Th- these are Christians saying, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Uh, one person who actually reached out to me to say, thanks for talking about this mm. guy and all the crazy stuff he said. Uh, she wrote to say some of us are LGBTQ Christians and some of us are allies, but all of us have witnessed or experienced the hurt Christians have caused. Oh, wow. Yeah. And by the way, when NPR, the local affiliate, contacted Pastor Mike Baker uh-huh. to like, hey, we have some questions about your sermon, he replied through a church official that he was leaving on a retreat to write a book and would not be available. Oh. Isn't that convenient? That's oh. too bad, so anyway, buddy. There's that thing Ugh. that happened. I got one more serious story for you, unless you have... Anything else? Um, I do, but I would like to close out on it. Sure. Let me, clo- uh, let me finish one story here. Uh, I'll go back a little bit. The Supreme Court made a big decision last year in a case called Trinity Lutheran Church v. Comer. Mm-hmm. And the argument here, in a nutshell, is Trinity Lutheran, it's a church in Missouri. They wanted access to state funds, kind of like Ken Ham with the Ark. They wanted access to state funds to renovate their playground. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about this. And the state said, you, no, because you're a church. You mm-hmm. don't get access to the money. 
the church sued, saying, we're not doing this to promote Christianity. We mm-hmm. want to renovate the playground. Right. The argument here is, well, if you have money, if you're getting state money, taxpayer money, to change your playground and make it safer, that's nice. But now you have more money to proselytize. Yeah. Like, it is kind of going to the well, church. And it's kind of a slippery slope deal of like, oh, we just want to fix our building because it's ugly. (laughs) That's where we're going with it. Our building is unsafe, so we need the state's help. Mm -hmm. But kind of that goes to your ability to preach Yeah, we're literally building your church. So (laughs) So the Supreme Court said, you know what? They have a right to have access to the money. Mm -hmm. And the question that was still lingering after that decision is, how far does that extend this decision? Like, does it only apply to this church in Missouri? Mm -hmm. Does it apply to other states? Does it apply to other issues? Mm -hmm. We did not know how far it would go. And in fact, of this, it was a 7-2 decision. It wasn't even close. Some of the liberals said the church has a right to the money. Five of the, uh, five of the justices who ruled in favor of the church Uh even made clear this only applies in this case. This one case. This one case of the church playground where the benefits were clearly secular Mm -hmm. in their opinion. Okay. Like the two, Gorsuch and one other one, said, no, every church had access to everything. But okay, that's two of them. Okay, where does this come into play now? Hurricane Harvey destroyed so much stuff, oh. right, in Texas. Three, uh, FEMA is in charge of giving people money to help rebuild. Mm-hmm. Three churches are now suing FEMA, saying we needed money. We need money to rebuild our churches. FEMA said, no, you don't get money because you're a church, so you don't get access to the money that is available to other buildings right. and schools and right. the government to rebuild other places. They say this is the churches say this is unfair discrimination, and they're citing Trinity Lutheran saying if there is a grant to help everybody, mm-hmm. you cannot exclude us because we are Christian. And they're saying, look, you allowed that church to renovate its playground. You should allow us to get access to taxpayer money to renovate our buildings. Because that is not proselytizing. That Mm -hmm. is not saying, help us promote Jesus everywhere. We just need help because our building's torn down. And I I have some empathy for that. That sucks for them. But again, they don't pay taxes. They shouldn't get access to this money. Um, And that's the argument. Uh, The attorney with the conservative group that represents these churches said, Hurricane Harvey didn't cherry-pick its victims. FEMA shouldn't cherry-pick who it helps. But FEMA's not cherry-picking. They have rules. You have to buy buy into the system. Well, and I think think what you brought up was really important, and I think something that could have been applied to the playground as well, of it's not like we're excluding churches. You're not paying into the kitty. Like, you don't get to... Like, everybody who owns property... you know, most people who own property in the world are paying taxes on that property. They're paying taxes to have the right to hold this patch of land to build their house or their store or whatever. If you are not... And and those taxes, those property taxes, don't... It's not a one-in-one-out thing. It's not like I paid $10,000 in taxes this year, so I'm going to get $10,000. It's going to cover... Everything. It's going to make your town or your county or your state or your country a better place. And for for them to, in the same breath, never say anything about like, oh, maybe we should be contributing to our city because we're part of the city and we're taking in, you know, we're as much a part of the city as any store is or any house is. They, the conservative legal group that represents the churches went on to say like, FEMA has repeatedly denied disaster assistance funds to a lot of churches. Um, these are not all Christian churches, I don't think, that are suing. 
it's irrelevant though. They also said though, FEMA gave aid to an octopus research center, a botanical garden, community centers that provide sewing classes and stamp collecting clubs. And they're saying all this dismissively. Like, yeah. those, they don't help, like, anybody. Are you we sure? We help a ton of people. No, fuck off. So give us no, the money. No, It's like, fuck that guy. That's, like, that's the, not how the world fucking no. works. Your perceived... They don't, those community moral, centers don't discriminate against who gets to go in there, who is helped, how it benefits. No, and, and your perceived fucking moral contributions to this society are A, garbage, and B, not the same thing as providing an open door for a whole fucking community. If you want money, you have to either pay fucking taxes like the rest of us to t- get these government resources or open your fucking coffers. Tell your people they need to donate and rebuild your building. That's how fucking churches work. If you're yeah. going to tithe people 10% of their income, what the fuck are you doing with that money if not upkeeping your and own house? Even or getting if, insurance on your church. And even if FEMA gives to nonprofits, other nonprofits, let's just be clear, other non churches do not play the same by the same rules no. as other nonprofits. No. They do not have to disclose how much money they take in, nope. where it all goes, how much everyone gets paid. They do not have to disclose that. Whereas, like the ACLU or the NRA or any other nonprofit group, they do have to disclose all of that to the government yeah. in in exchange for the tax exemption. Churches get a special privilege of not having to do Fuck that. So, so they're not okay. playing by the same rules. That's why this should so. I don't know what's going to happen with this lawsuit, but it's the first time that I can re- that I've seen mm-hmm. that a group is using that Trinity Lutheran decision that was so narrow and applied to this one it church. Specifically said it was narrow, and now they're trying to use it in cool. a much larger context. Um, it's going to have to be decided soon because in Houston they only have thirty days to apply for the yeah. benefits, so they're going to have to make a decision on this soon and it may get kicked up to a higher level. Who knows what's going to happen? And I don't. I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm heartless. Like I do feel for these people who are in these horrible situations after this natural disaster. I do, but I think there is an you know the the right. So many people are so fond of this personal responsibility thing, but to me, this is very much where we we want to get the benefits and put nothing into it. Yeah. All right. Close this out. Oh God, this is gonna be rough. Okay. Um. So there is a guy, and I saw this this morning, and it made me really fucking mad. Uh, his name is Andrew Tate. I think he is some kind of oh light heavyweight kickboxing world champion. Okay, so I follow this super closely. He's got a check mark on um, Twitter, so he's so more, he's famous, there more relevant than, <laughs> than me. So he tweeted out a whole thread um, about depression. And I just want to read the first tweet, and I just want to give some thoughts because okay. I want to use this weird platform that we have to like reach out to people. So what he said is depression isn't real. You feel sad. You move on. You will always be depressed if your life is depressing. Change it. Oh, yeah, just like that. So his thread goes on to say, basically, if you're fat and you're depressed because you're fat, then you're lazy if you're whatever. Um, so... I, last night, um, found out that a friend of mine uh, passed away. Sorry to hear. Um, The details surrounding his death are murky, but he was now 25 and dealing with some shit. Um, And people like this who either stigmatize or, or... um, dismiss mental illness as being a thing that we need to pay attention to and that can hurt people. 
um, I think is extraordinarily dangerous. And um, I've mentioned on the show a few times, like, I deal with depression. I'm on on antidepressants. I'm in therapy. Mental health in my family is not strong. We we have a long, a long history of of depression in my family, um, and so, with that said, I just want to take kind of this opportunity and this small platform that we have to say that if you, um, if you're feeling depressed and you don't know why, or you're having oppressive thoughts, or you're having thoughts of suicide, um, get help. It's real. Um, don't, I've spent, I spent my first year in therapy basically saying like, my life isn't that bad. I don't, I didn't earn depression. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way too. Um, if you need help, get help and don't be afraid and seriously fucking email us. Like if you feel like nobody will listen to you, reach out to, to whoever you can. Um, cause you guys are awesome and deserve good things and don't let monsters like this guy um make you feel ashamed to get help um just stay well and stay safe i'm sorry so that's my thing you can close us out i got nothing we're done you know where to reach us we'll talk to you next time okay